Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Lord, I pray that Brother Brother Justin's sermon would be good and we would all learn about you. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Merry Christmas to all of you today. Today you might hear some different inflections in my voice, but that's okay. I have a vile body that I'm happy to announce will not be here much longer. But until until then, I'm just going to make it do the will of God. How's that sound? Just make it do the will of God. This passage from Isaiah that Brother Maddox just read for us is a divine passage proclamation of the truth it's a declaration of what god is doing and has done before we enter into this text though i would like to comment on the nature of the word of god versus the word of man see when people speak especially in this generation not everything can be valid or taken at face value there exists a tendency for men to under exaggerate or over-exaggerate a statement. Give unnecessary details while leaving out the ones that are necessary. The speech of men can easily be subject to error, ignorance, bias, or redundancy. It can be slanted by the intellect, social status, culture, vocabulary, or profession. How man chooses words, forms sentences and thoughts are all subject to variableness, especially in this generation. It's common to hear meaningless speech like, wow, this cheeseburger is awesome. Let us never, brethren, approach the scriptures as if it were the word of a common man. Let's throw this kind of thinking out the window when we read the scriptures. This is the word of our God, brethren. The word of God. God is perfect. It's the truth. So if God is perfect then everything he says cannot be said better or be reproved of error. If something is accented, it's important. If something is spelled out in detail, we would do well to see that detail. If something is barely spoken of, it should not be the pinnacle of our consideration. If something is said twice, it's for a good, a good reason. A good reason. If a certain word is used, it's used because it perfectly reflects the truth. The Word of God is perfectly stated truth. It doesn't contain the liabilities, inconsistencies, or potential for error like the Word of men does. It is the pure milk of the Word. It doesn't need to be interpreted. It needs to be proclaimed and it needs to be believed. 
So let's, let's read this passage with this in mind. Okay? For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. For unto us a child is born, and a son is given. Now, like we have discussed, there is no unnecessary redundancy here. This is a perfectly stated truth. While it may seem like he's repeated himself here, if you look closely, there is a distinction made between the two. In one, a child is born, but in another, a son is given. A child is born. Real flesh and blood had to be born. He said, a body thou hast prepared for me. Right? A child is born. Here's the distinction of Jesus' humanity. He was made in the likeness of sinful flesh in order to condemn sin in the flesh. In order for Jesus to be the propitiation for the sin of man, he had to be a man himself. So he was made a little lower than the angels and came in the flesh. His body was subject to heat, to cold, to pain, to hunger, and to sorrow. When he worked, he sweat. When he traveled the distance, he eventually had to stop to rest. He had to eat, to drink, to sleep, to learn, to grow, and to obey. He had to suffer the contradiction of sinners against himself. He was subject to temptation in all points, like as we are, yet without sin. And because of these things, we do not have a high priest who is unable to be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Jesus knows exactly what we need because He's personally experienced whatever it is that we are going through. Unto us, a child is born. Emmanuel, God with us. What other God, brethren, which is none, but what other God have the infidels presented to us that came down and dwelt among men as man? Took on the form of a servant, any spirit that does not confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. See, the false religion of, of the world promote gods that have never come in the flesh. <clears throat> a child is born, but a son is given. Right? This is a distinction of his deity. Jesus himself was never created, brethren. He was he's, Jesus was never created. He descended. He was sent into the world. He was given. God gave His only begotten Son. He willingly came down from heaven. The one who was from everlasting to everlasting. The one who was the I Am. Before Abraham was, I Am. Every other false religion presented to men as truth teaches that man has to earn their way to God. But brethren, this is the only religion that teaches that God came to us. He came down. God's Son was a precious gift to us. And praise be to God for His indescribable gift. We needed a Savior. We needed God to come down. We could never get up to God. We needed Him to come down to us. We needed a Savior. To us, a Son is given. 
What a precious gift. Just as much as our salvation depended on Jesus being fully man, it also depended on Him being intimately connected with the Father, the only begotten Son of God. The government shall be upon His shoulder. You know, the prophet Isaiah speaking this nearly 600 years before the coming of the Lord prophesies of the kingdom of our God coming down to men. Jesus may have humbled Himself, but He was no less Lord for doing so. Jesus laid down His equality with God. He became a servant. He became God's servant forever. But He did not lay aside His Lordship. All of creation has always been subject to Him. He could speak a word and the storm would calm. The demons had to leave the Gadarene demoniac when he said so, and they had to ask permission to enter the swine. See, he never he never gave up his lordship. An entire company of people could fall to the ground at the words, I am he. <clears throat> at any moment, he could have called for more than 12 legions of angels, and the Father would have sent them. Now, that's seventy-two thousand. That's around seventy-two thousand angels, right? And in Second Kings nineteen thirty-five, mind you, that just one angel was responsible for the death of hundred and eighty-five thousand men in one night. The point here, the point is that Jesus is Lord. David called him Lord. Martha called him Lord. It's recorded. Philip called him Lord. Documented. Thomas called him Lord. Written down. Paul called him Lord. And duly noted that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. Peter called Him Lord. It's written down in the book. We call Him Lord. You know, everything you say about Jesus is written down. Whatever you call Jesus is written down, brethren. You don't want to be among those who say, isn't this the carpenter's son? You don't want to be among those men, brethren. This is written down in the books of heaven what you call Jesus. For unto you, unto you, is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The Lord. Unto you, brethren. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. You'll you'll hear people say things like, will you open your heart and make Jesus your Lord today? Well, no one makes Jesus Lord. He is Lord. Jesus is the Lord. (coughs) God has made him both Lord and Christ. See, that's there. There's that liability that we discussed earlier. The words of men. What they should instead say is, "Will you accept that Christ is the Lord?" While there's still time to do so. It's the government of God that is upon His shoulders, not the government of men. See, that's too low of a view. When we talk about the government being on Christ's shoulders, we're not talking about limiting that to the United States government or to the Roman government. This is God's government. Why would God bestow only a temporary government office that's going to pass away on His Son? See, when you really look at it in the proper perspective, all forms of government exist to serve the interest of God's government. He is the governor of the nations. He's working all things together for good to those who love God and who are called according to His purpose. God is moving forward and progress is being made because of the work that Jesus is involved in with God's everlasting kingdom. And here's a, 
Here's a text from Luke. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And and of his kingdom there shall be no end. The government shall be upon his shoulders. And he shall be called the Christ child. And he shall be called adorable, little precious baby in a manger, asleep on the hay, gentle, sweet, See, this is how this passage reads in the hearts of a whole lot of people in our day. They can't get past the the Christ child. But this is not what God would have him to be called. God doesn't want you to think of Jesus as a little child. He doesn't want you to think of him that way. He doesn't say, unto us a child is born, a son is given, and he shall be called adorable, gentle little baby. It doesn't say that. No, it says he shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. After Jesus ascended back into heaven, the Apostle Paul said that he he knew him after the flesh, but henceforth he knew him no more in that way. We do not see him after the flesh anymore either, brethren. We may be sons, daughters, and think of it this way. We think of each other in this way, too. See, we may be sons and daughters and fathers and mothers and children, but see, it's your heavenly status that is your primary status to be concerned with. We are members of one another. We are brethren. And he's not ashamed to call us brethren either. He shall be called. God has declared this as a reality that is. There is no chance that Jesus is anything but who God has declared him to be. And everyone will eventually recognize this too. If it's not on this side, they're going to recognize it on the day. They're going to recognize who Jesus is. He shall be called these things. Wonderful. Full of wonder, as the dictionaries would put it. But in actuality, this is one of those words that attempts to describe something that is really indescribable. It's a name fitting for the best of the best. Everything that Jesus does is wonderful because he is wonderful. A wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Lord. Wonderful by who he is. Wonderful by what he does. He is beyond human expectation. His person provokes a deep admiration by all who are able to see him clearly. And he causes others, maybe who can't see him clearly, to marvel and to be astonished. The wonderful Jesus provoked unregenerate guards to say, never a man spoke like this man before. And and the Jews in the synagogue, they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. Why was it that way? Because he shall be called wonderful. Jesus is wonderful. Counselor. Now for a long time, I thought this to mean that Jesus can help you kind of work through the difficulties in your life. And he can. I'm not saying that he can't because he's, he's helped me through tremendous difficulty. But you see, this is too private of a view and too low of a consideration, although there is truth in it. Remember, to us a child is born. To us a son is given. The government 
See, these are corporate terms. These aren't individual terms. These are cor we're where this is a corporate setting we're talking about. <clears throat> Counselor refers to Jesus' ability to work all things together after the determinant counsel of God. He is our brother in Christ. Noah Webster, he wrote this definition. Counselor. The members of a council. One appointed to advise a king or chief magistrate in regard to the administration of government. Okay? Jesus is directing the work in the church. Right? He, by the administration of the Holy Spirit to conform to the purpose and will of God. And we are made kings and priests. Jesus is advising the kings and priests in the church. I like that. I like that definition of counselor. You see, the overall counselor is much more than advice, than just suggestive advice. It's a Jesus is a declarer of the wonderful works of God. He's the preeminent witness. He's the express image of the Father. <clears throat> Who else is really capable of counseling? You see, God is the premier commentator on what he has done, and Jesus is the commentator on God. No one knows the Father except the Son, and no, is known, no one knows the Son except the Father, and who shall reveal him? That's the counsel. <clears throat> How was Paul able to open to us so much of the gospel? He knew the counselor. Yeah. Paul knew the counselor. The, see, the counselor is involved in that kind of a work. He's the mighty God. No one else is able to do what Jesus does. No one else matches Jesus. Amen. There's no other Jesus. There's one Jesus. Amen. He's the mighty God, able to perform everything that God has given him. He's the premier worker, creator, perfecter, finisher. He has no lack. He has unlimited resource, wisdom, knowledge, power, strength, ability, skill, he has everything that he needs to do the will of God. It's, see, it's not enough to know what God needs to be done. It's not enough just to know what needs to be done. You have to have power to be able to do it. So he's counselor and the mighty God. He can, he can get it done. <clears throat> he's the everlasting father. Now, how's that for a leap? In one breath, from a child unto us, a child is born to... The everlasting Father. Now we know, brethren, there's only one Father. It doesn't say He's the Father. He says He's the everlasting Father. <clears throat> so I, I prayed about this for the Lord to open this up. <clears throat> this is describing from my understanding that Jesus' attribute of eternality is preeminent. <clears throat> of His kingdom there shall be no end. It's written, He shall reign forever and ever. He is the ever-living one. He is alive forevermore. He represents, and, the, and the, here's the thing about him being a father. Jesus represents all of those who are in him. He's the, he's the new Adam. He's, he's, the, he's, the, he's the new, he's the new, uh, he's the new humanity. And we see we're in him. We're of Christ. He quickens whomsoever he wills. Whomsoever the Son will quicken, he, will, he, he does it. He's the new Adam, the first man of a new race of men that will never die. The everlasting Father. 
See, a child is born and a son is given so that we might be born again into the everlasting. He's the prince of peace. Jesus is the prince of peace. He is the only one who can, who can make and has made peace with God. He commands peace as he will. But why prince? Why not king of peace? Why doesn't say he's the king of peace? Well, a prince is someone who rules in the interest of another. Jesus is ruling right now at the right hand of God the Father, always doing his will and administering peace. He's making men righteous and seating them in heavenly places. He has opened up a new and living way where men not are only forgiven of their sin, but are made new and willing vessels to do the will of God. But see, as Prince of Peace, he creates peaceful environments for us that are conducive to spiritual growth, that the fruits of righteousness may be sown. Brethren, we would, if Jesus wasn't the Prince of Peace, administering peace right now, with the enemy still in the world, and with, and with principalities and power still in the world, the Holy Spirit wouldn't be able to do its work. But the, just the fact that we can meet together and discuss these things and to grow in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and to be edified and built up and to increase in our understanding, that proves that Jesus commands peace. Amen. He Amen. commands peace. Amen. And one day this peace will be brought to ultimate fruition. Just as the a prince eventually becomes the king, this peace will eventually be brought to fruition when the devil will be cast into the lake of fire along with his angels and all of his servants. We shall be united with our God and shall go out no more. We will put down our armor and will no longer be in the battle. <laughs> That'll be a good day. <clears throat> God sent his son into the world. He sent him to us so that we might be saved, so that God's will would be done so that the kingdom would advance to the glory of God and that we may have life everlasting with him forever and ever. The child is no longer in a manger, but he is risen. The man, Christ Jesus, is seated at the right hand of God, working all things together for the good of them that love God and who are called according to his purpose. A child is born. A given son. To us salvation had begun. For though he lay in hay so mild, the point's the man and not the child. Full flesh and blood God did afford in a humbled state, but still the Lord. In servant form, our glorious maker, our likeness born without its nature. He shoulders progress of the purpose, for by his blood we would be purchased. And for God and man be reconciled could never come if he stayed a child. Wonderful counselor, mighty God is he, the everlasting father and the prince of peace. He's over all dominion, high upon a throne, and this is exactly how the father wants him to be known. He's wonderful, no word truly to describe, nothing in man's word to him be properly ascribed. Provoking adoration in all who clearly see, while others sit and marvel in a state of unbelief. 
He's counselor, advisor to the kings within the church who knows the counsel of the Lord, declaring all his works. He's mighty and he's able to perform all that he will, who's never lacking in resources, ability, or skill. He's from everlasting, the one who is I am, the first fruits of an entire new race of man. The old man Adam, him doth sever and raised us up to live with him forever. The Prince of Peace commands it so, so the fruitful things will begin to grow. In righteousness, the seed it sows, and God is manifest, and he's known. So today, this Christmas Eve, lies a gift, if we believe, the record God declared to men who came to us to be with him. I would like to open up the uh, for a time of comments. Brother? Blessed by the things you said about the Jesus being the, the counselor. Mm-hmm. He's counseling God. Uh, counseling mm-hmm. us God. Mm-hmm. It, it's, to know Him is eternal life. Mm-hmm. He came to give eternal life. Mm-hmm. And so He's making, making God known. There's no one... Speaking as a man, that's more qualified. Yeah, he was he was there in the beginning. Uh, the per- when the purpose was made, it was purposed in Christ. So he's he's the custodian of the of the purpose. He was there. I thought about the uh, it, the revelation says he's the faithful witness that he's he's witnessing to us to to the church. The, the purpose and the and the will of God and the um, and and God Himself and that's that's how He's giving life as He's making God known. Yes. Yeah. Amen. 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 Yes, a counselor is a two way is a two way thing, and He demonstrated when He was on earth and taught His disciples that they would respond to be, and He clarified. It's what a counselor, a counselor just is a reporter. Amen. Mm-hmm. Now that shows how great the Savior was. He opened up so he could dialogue. See, under the old law, he dialogued with prophets. He dialogued with Moses. He didn't dialogue with the average Israelite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Jesus is a counselor. He's on a yes. collective basis, individual basis, but it involves for a response. Amen. You can say they have explained to us. Amen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I think it's I think it's right for us to to remind people that Christmas is not just a time for sentimentality um, about a baby in a manger, and uh, I, I heartily agree with with that point that's being made. However, just as a counterpoint. Um, there is a reason why Jesus came as a child. And there's a reason why those facts are recorded in Scripture for us. And he didn't, didn't, for example, just descend out of heaven as a fully grown man. He came as a child, and that's part of his humility. He humbled himself even to the point of being born as a helpless child. Uh, He even further identified with us in being born into poverty. Yeah. He wasn't born in a in a yeah. in, in a yeah. palace. He was he was born to a peasant woman 
uh, in a stable of all places. These, these facts were all recorded for a reason. They were all recorded because the hand of God was in it. God arranged all of those events that we celebrate at Christmas. Um, you know, this this was not a fairy tale. It wasn't once upon a time. Jesus Jesus was born into a set of very specific historical circumstances. God was in it. God was guiding the whole thing. And you'll notice too that even when Jesus was a child, he was worshipped. That's a significant point. Jesus wasn't just worshipped as an adult. He was worshipped as a child. The, yes. the wise men came and it says they worshipped him. Yes. So, so uh, again, I, I'm not disagreeing with anything you said or that anyone else has said. We've made this point and I think there's a legitimate point to be seen. Um, but, but also, there's reasons for the gospel starting with him as a child. Yes. Amen. 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 Yeah, to append to that, I was just um, reading a book and concerning this time of year and um, the author said this he said the gospel writers had an enormous amount of material that they could draw from from the life of Christ and how how the Lord orchestrate um, them writing the gospel but the gospels that they wrote Matthew, Mark, Luke and John but he said um, that they, they, they gathered together what they wrote primarily for two reasons not exclusively but primarily for two reasons these things really did happen and it was a revelation of what God was trying to tell us about his son, his son's life, and what he was come to do. Amen. Amen. I wanted to say a little bit more about that birth, too. See, now, when Mary and Joseph went up to Bethlehem, she was nine months pregnant. This is a lady that was obviously very close to giving birth. Yet they could find no place to stay. Yeah. In, in seven words, we hear there was no room at the end. Mm-hmm. And this is a message for all of us. Uh, these people that they were among were their own people. None of them were willing to take in this lady. Yeah. They moved her off to the side where the animals were. That was not the only way that Jesus could have been humbled, but this is the way the account is written. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is a message for all of us. If we cannot find that room to fill our lives with Jesus, if we put him off to one side, this is not going to go well for us. So, right. Yeah, um, right. And this is what is happening in those that don't believe. They, right. they see around that there's evidence of God, but they have put him off to the side. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so like we mentioned before, but... Jesus sanctified the whole of life yeah. from the womb to the tomb. That's right. He sanctified that whole. Yes. He sanctified people in poverty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. He sanctified kings. Mm-hmm. the words of him. He sanctified <laughs> workers. See his Amen. his presence sanctified a whole of humanity. Amen. Now, say a person is uh, comes into Christ when he is eighty. Salvation reaches back and cleans up the past. Mm-hmm. Oh, it does. This is the truth. Amen. <clears throat> That's true. And if you if you became a if you come into Christ after you had done your share of sinning, yeah, that part of life was sanctified. The blood of Christ reaches back Amen. and cleans it up. Amen. 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 In this verse, I was thinking about the everlasting Father. No man is everlasting, mighty, and peaceful all at the same time. 
But Jesus is the everlasting Father, the mighty God, the Prince of Peace. Just by this aspect of Jesus, you can tell Jesus is way more than just a man. He has a greater ability than all man put together could ever have. Great is our God and greatly to be praised. Amen. Amen. Brother, John? You know, when you think of uh, the, the attribute given to him, he's a Prince of Peace. And that aspect of peace is, is something that, that all of man is always trying to strive for because that's yeah. within us. Yeah. And he's the only one that can reconcile us mm-hmm. with the Father. Mm-hmm. But he reconciles us to one another too. And that's a it's an intrinsic quality that that it's, a, it's an incredible gift when you think of what this, that he's going to bring to us. Because he knows peace. He, he's going he's gonna to promote peace and, and, and everything about it. You know, every once in a while someone would ask, what do you really want in life? And the bottom line is we want peace. Amen. And he yeah. offers that. And he brought that to us. Amen. Several of us in this room have preached several times, many times from this text. Uh, I commend you, brother, for your effort. Uh, it, it's a, a great refreshment to have these things recalled for all of us. Uh, to highlight these things and to, to uh, press in the reality of these things that are made known concerning the Son from His infancy uh, to His full manhood to His exaltation at the Father's right hand this moment. We're glad to hear these things. You did a, a very good job Amen. expounding that and, and uh, provoking our hearts about these things. Amen. Now these titles given to Jesus in this text He's called Wonderful, Counselor, the Almighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, it's one thing. Now, as a child, I, I've heard those things said of Jesus. Isaiah 9, 6, that was a text I knew as a child. And so, you know, it, it, it could be like your textbook answer for Jesus. Like, who is he? You could, like, cite that verse as an example of who he is. But it's another thing to really see that he's worthy of all those titles. So, like, now in my current state, I could hear things like, he's Counselor. And, well, that makes sense. Like, I can, I can say, like, well, yes, he is, you know, and then in your message, you're doing this, like, well, how is he counselor? How is he almighty God? You know, you're able to make this, build a case to see, like, he is worthy of that title. It's not just a name that we just toss out yeah. there. It's a worthy title. Yeah. And he, he's proved, all those times, he's proven it. Amen. He proves he's Prince of Peace. He's proven the almighty God. There's never even a question in our minds by the time we, like, open Christ up and expound him, look closer at him. And it's like it's an undeniable fact. He is these things. We can see it by experientially. We can see it in the scriptures. There's no even there's no even need to even deny any of them. It all makes sense when you open up the person of Christ. And also on that part, unto us, that's how it was born. That was a good point. Unto us, when we talk about Jesus coming to the world, God giving a son, that's the ask we have. It's for us. That's why He gave. Now I remember asking. We had um. A children's meeting some time ago, and we read that text where it says he died. He gave himself so that no man would no longer live unto themselves, but for the one who died for them. So, so why are men still living for themselves? And so one of the kids said, because they don't see it as something that's for them. Well, when we expound these passages, though, we come and see. This was for us. <laughs> yeah, in one of the mother Jonathan said, in Scripture, a name is what a person is. Yeah. And. Uh, an everlasting father, I would think, he could have everlasting children. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Amen. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Amen. He would be the progenitor of a new race of men. Yeah. He would be the first 
That's right. And then he would he would author. He's the author and the finisher. Yeah. So I mean, he's he's yeah. the beginning and the end. So see, he's a he's a <laughs> he is, he is what he does is a temporary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Scripture says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's everlasting father. That's right. Amen. 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 Newness of life yes. is it comes from Jesus. Amen. Amen. A lot. He said it uh, in the Gospel of John. Because I live, yeah. you will live also. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Everlasting yeah. life. Yeah. That's right. Sister time. I was uh, considering how uh, in the past, before I knew the Lord, that um, I had been to many different counselors for problems or whatnot that I had had. And um, I was still always disappointed in the end with the, with the final result. But I have never, ever went to Jesus mm-hmm. and had that disappointment there. Amen. I've always been happy with him. I've yeah. always been satisfied yeah. and Amen. joyful. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus is Prince of Peace, Lord of Lords, and King of Kings. Mm-hmm. This just shows us some people in the world mock Jesus as if it was a joke that he was sent from God to the earth. But really, they're mocking themselves because of how high Jesus is. God will not be mocked. Amen. 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 Yeah, you notice there, it it doesn't say, he says he shall be called. Uh Whoever sees, this is what people really see, and this is what they call him. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yes. Sister Debbie? Uh, Brother Jonathan mentions this about being able to really see him, and you said his person <coughs> provokes an admiration by all who can see him clearly, and clearly being the key word there that uh, not everyone sees him in the same way. Um, that that seems to me that our vision then is the most important thing that to be opened up, and behind that would be willingness or desire, and it has to be an intervention from on high for that to happen. And also, Brother Given said last Friday night, we can't get too far, I think it was Wednesday night actually, we can't get too far away from him, we won't be able to see him. So it's partly on our part, but mainly that the Lord has to open our eyes. But that's why, that's the explanation for why people see him differently and don't always have him way up here as they should. You know, it's right for the place. Amen. I'm thankful that I've been delivered from the crowd that said, isn't this the carpenter's son? Yeah. Yeah. I'm thankful that that he chose me. And I'm thankful that he gave me ears to hear and a new heart and made me new. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful that he sustains me. And I'm thankful that he continues to walk with me Mm -hmm. and comfort me. And I am in 100% agreement with Sister Tanya. He never, ever disappoints me. Because when when I am down, I look to him every time. And when you do that, you're always looking up. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't he never yeah. ever disappoints. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Sister. I like the three facets of these names, a wonderful counselor, that he has all knowledge and every aspect of moral aspect of morality and everything that we are reco- that, that we need for life and godliness. Right to the yeah. true, true knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. So we have that one aspect of, of uh, revelation of everything that we need 
um, in his counseling. And then the second part is, is the might of God. It's like it's all power to achieve this through God, through his might. And I think of um, that it points to our purpose, um, the purpose of God in us. That, that this part, this this aspect of God is not only His power to do all that He's that He's doing, but that in us specifically, the power to do in us. And then the last part, everlasting Father, is kind of to, points to our destiny in terms of, like Brother Gibbon was saying, we are His eternal children, and that points to our destiny. So it's it's very very um, holistic in its in its far-reaching effect into all aspects of our relationship with God and man. Jesus, can, in no sense, was he identified with normality. Mm-hmm. Right. Amen. Even birth to death, nothing was normal. People sometimes will say he's just he was just like we are. No, he was not just like we are. He is like unto you know. It's always tempered. When, yeah. when Jesus is compared with humanity, it's always it always goes through a filter. Yes, tempered. So he's never associated with normal normality. Amen. So the more normal you are in the world, well, anyway, we don't want to comment on that. Yeah. Is the only begotten. Amen. Only begotten of the Father. That's right. Amen. Brother Jonathan. You mentioned this indescribable gift. In 1 Corinthians 9.15, he says, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Mm-hmm. And see, language like that encourages us, it compels us really to look deeper into Jesus. To really keep, to keep coming to these passages. Like, this is a passage we could have said, well, hey, we've exhausted this. We, we haven't exhausted. It's unspeakable. The mind cannot fully conceive like the height of this gift. It can't. It's incapable. And the words can't fully express it. It can't. You can't like express it in a way where there's nothing more that can be said. Of anything said about Jesus. You can't say, well, we said everything that can be said about this. We maxed out. Now we need to go somewhere else because all we're going to know of is reruns when we come to Isaiah 9, 6 now. No, it's not true. It's unspeakable. And you, I, I yeah. believe that we saw that in the message. Yeah. As we haven't anyone who's spoken on this, we've seen it is unspeakable because yeah. there's always something being added. That's right. Amen. Our hope is that one day we shall see him as he is. Everything Jesus said, from one point of view, it was just introductory. Yeah. <clears throat> he didn't saturate anything he talked about. Yeah. Not because of him, because of the recipients. Yeah. Charles Spurgeon said, a God that can be fully known on this side is no God. Mm -hmm. That's right. right. Brother Sid? One of the things I I think about when I consider this time of year is that uh, 2,000 years ago, (coughs) God our Father, if you will allow that phrase, put all of society, every celestial body, everything in movement to bring focus so that I could know Jesus today. And that movement is still going on in the world today. And and that as long as we keep our eyes and we look for Him, no more complicated than that. Just look for Him, we'll find Him. When you seek me with your whole heart. I was thinking about... The things that we've talked about this morning delighting our hearts. It gives us great joy. Yeah, amen. We consider these amen. things about Jesus. And 
you mentioned Charles Spurgeon. I was also thinking about a sermon that he spoke on Christmas Day long ago on this very text. Mm -hmm. And he was asking questions of his listeners. Is this child born unto you? Is this son given unto you? And he was asking probing questions. And he asked one of them, does the son delight your heart? And he says, if it does, that's because you have been made a son as well. Amen. As we've been discussing this, I think you'll find that in your text there, Isaiah 9, 6, I think you'll find every human need touched and supplied every human need to be under those categories. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I was just I was just thinking about how that when Jesus called the sea, it demonstrates each one of these things. He he caused wonder in them. What manner of man is this? He counseled them. Where is your faith? Why were you afraid? That was a counsel. Mighty God, he 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 spoke to the weather and it changed instantly. Yeah. He brought that peace. Yeah. And everlasting Father, He cared for them like a father. He corrected them like a father, <clears throat> gently but firmly. Now God is the only, uh, I hate to say the word person, that would give someone like this to humanity. Yeah. There's no earthly ruler that down on a lower level that would give this kind of a person yeah. to the people. Right. He'd give the people to that person. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But this is what God gave. He gave, they gave the sinners. This is what God gave us. Yeah. Amen. You actually have nothing really you can give to God except yourself. Right? Yeah. Amen. That's yeah. the only thing you can really give yeah. to Him. And you Amen. couldn't do that if it wasn't for Christ. Amen. And then the Father gives us to the Son, and the Son will give us to the Father. That's right. Amen. In the end. Yeah, the us stood out to me as you were speaking of how God gave his son to us. I mean, I've heard that, I've heard that, I've heard that, but sometimes when you emphasize a certain word in a sentence differently, it means more to you. And today, yeah. and, and prayer, my prayer was answered. I have more now than when I came in. That's right. Amen. 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 Now you couldn't say he gave, that, he gave this to me. Yeah. You get to us. To us. That's right. Because there are different capacities and different functions Amen. and different people Amen. have, but Christ meets them all. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. I was uh, provoked also by the things that you said about that, about us and me. I, the scripture does say that God shall provide all your need uh, according to his riches in Christ. Uh, but the, th those are the things that are added. You know, we seek first the kingdom of God. He said, all these things shall be added yeah. Yeah, uh, unto you. Yeah, yeah. And so we're, by, when he gives, he gives faith and, and light and opens the eyes to see himself and to see, see Christ, to see afar off and to see mm -hmm. into eternity and to see the hope. Mm -hmm. yeah. Then these things that he adds enable us to not be, see, we don't, we don't seek him for the ads. We seek Him for Him. Uh -huh. He adds all these things yeah. to us, but we don't seek for the ads. All these, He says, the Gentiles seek after. But yeah. we, we seek Him for Him. That's right. And then He's committed Himself. Think about, be comforted by this. He's committed Himself to add all these things. Amen. 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 
Did you only, and he only gives you what you're going to use. Yeah. So mm. if you live for by faith and you draw close to God, you get more. Amen. That's just the way it works. Wonderful. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen. There is no more. <clears throat> Brother Jim Miller will have a closing prayer for us. Good stuff today. As we close this morning, there's two uh, two script uh, two passages I'd like to leave us with, and we all know that uh, all scripture is God breathed, and all scripture also points to Jesus, and also that all that Jesus ever taught also pointed to His Father. So the two uh, two passages of scripture, one out of Isaiah 53. It says, Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before us as a tender plant, and as a root out of the dry ground. He has no form of comeliness, and when, he, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised, rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with the grief and we hid, as, our, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. The other scripture I'd like to leave us with are words from Paul. It's out of Romans 12, 1. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable perfect will of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these words. We thank you, Lord, for this uh, Christ that you sent to this world, that none of us should have to perish. Lord, I pray that uh, each of us would uh, let this sink deeply into our souls, that we would ponder upon these things. And, Lord, as we uh, dismiss just now, Lord, I pray that you will uh, uh, bless these foods that we have uh, set before us uh, between these services, Lord. And we ask, Lord, that you would uh, bless the hands that have prepared it. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.